Welcome to the Geeking Off Podcast. (laughs) One of these days, maybe one of these days, I will chill it with these crazy intros. One of these days. I'm not really sure when I'm going to do that, but one of these days I will quit with those crazy intros. Okay, anyways, let's go ahead and introduce the guests. We've got our lead co-host, Macrophiliac. He's digging them bodies up. Again, greetings humans, bronies, and Mark, if you're out there. Hello, everyone. And we've got a long time, long time, no see, guest of the show tonight goes by the awesome name the diabetic geek on youtube what's up what's up i'm back he's back and in action and ready to get his geek on so let's go ahead and roll that intro computers Oh yeah, just geeking off with that anthrit. You know how that is. Ah, so I've got some uh, topics for you guys, and one of them you might know of. It's called the Mycroft Project. In the previous podcast, I talked about Mycroft a little bit and that I was going to make a video about said Mycroft project. However, however, the issue is I don't think this product is ready. I do not. I installed Mycroft Raspberry Pi image to my Raspberry Pi. Great. I booted up. Well, yeah. So after I got it onto the SD card, everything booted up just fine. After I booted up, it wanted me to go to uh, home.mycroft.ia, the website where you connect it with your Facebook, and then when you first load up Mycroft, it gives you a code that you go onto this website and activate your device. As you can see here, I have two of them. Why? Because every time the device freezes or you have to restart it, you have to resync it with the service every time you boot it up. Okay, it is beta, right, right, right. What do you think, Jason? That's a little weird, isn't it? Yeah, that's a pain in the butt right there. Could you could you deal with that? No. I hell, I have a hard time waiting for stuff on my computer to start up and get going. So, yeah, that's just another another hassle. Speaking of slow this particular device, when I said, hey, Mycroft, 
What is the weather? Nothing happened. The terminal was doing stuff. And then two minutes later, he gave me an answer. I asked him again, what time is it? I sat there and waited and waited and waited. Nothing happened. And then a couple minutes later, I was again, I got an answer. Uh, I don't know where to go with this because they originally st- was it a Kickstarter they started with? Yes, I believe it was a one, Kickstarter jump, whatever they call these things. I don't really get into them, but a lot of people donated money to this project, and I believe it's almost been like. Two years since this project's been announced, they had a great, weird promotional video. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> I, I say that loosely because in the video they were saying they're going to run it off of Raspberry Pi 2 at the time. Problem mm-hmm. is, the software can't run even on a Raspberry Pi 3. It's too laggy. It's too slow. It can't handle it. Processor and RAM right there. Yeah, that's ridiculous. That's That's uncalled for. For something that they promoted that was going to use this technology. Yeah. Isn't there something about a, a competition, too, that they're trying to enter? Uh, I think it's the IBM XPRIZE competition. Five not, million dollars. They could, but the uh, way they're going, I don't see this project ever get it, making it to the hardware because they want to put Raspberry Pis in this thing. That's not going to work. They, they, they had a bad choice on choosing the Pi, I think. I mean, I like the idea of being able to upgrade it and and uh, add modules and you know, kind of experiment with it. But uh, if if you if it takes two minutes to find out what the weather is, why add something else that's just going to even slow it down even more? So it, it's like useless. It's a brick. It's a paperweight. Right. They they might be better going with like an Odroid or one of these better beefed up yes uh, smaller Absolutely. boards. But unfortunately, the Pi is not going to cut it. Now, from what I understand, there is a desktop version of the software. I have not tried mm-hmm. that. It might be better. It might actually respond in yeah. the right time. But compared to the competition on the market, even on the desktop end with Siri, Cortana, Hey Google, and then you're talking about the other devices that are out on the market right now. you got the Amazon Echo. You've got, yeah. Yeah. Uh, what is it, the Google Home. Already leaps and bounds over this open source project. Being that this is an open source project, you would think, you know, okay, that that you're you're you're, you're more of a privacy thing, right? Mm-hmm. Well, they're running Google on the back end, huh. and right now they want a monthly uh, subscription. You can do a dollar ninety nine a month, or nineteen dollars a year. As it stands right now, after testing. This 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 product or the software on a Raspberry Pi three with its ridiculous lag and response time. There's no way in hell I'm even going to give them the two bucks a month for the for the service that they're going to offer. Yeah. Get, and, and basically, all you get for giving them the money, you get access to more voices, early access to next generation products, late 2017, the product mm-hmm. that they've promised us isn't even working and it's already 2017 early you know first quarter access to premium skills developed by Mycroft team okay 
Now, let's just look at the other ones, like Alexa and Google Home. Their skills, their their apps, oh, their yeah. the stuff that comes with them is a hell of a lot better than what they're trying to do. They're already so far mm-hmm. behind, especially on uh, on the Echo. They're just so far behind. I don't even think they got the chance to catch up anytime soon. I mean, by the time this project becomes functionable, look at where the other two are going to be. Mm-hmm. And I believe they even mentioned they have challenges uh, uh, for designing technologies to translate um, human speech into basically readable data uh, for the for the Raspberry Pi. So they they still have a lot of challenges. So maybe that's um, that's one thing that uh, might improve it if they, if they overcome these challenges and improve upon it. Maybe it, then it'll be better, do you think? Or do you think it, there's no hope for it? Uh, I'm not going to say yeah, I'm, I'm not going to say there's no hope for Mycroft. Yeah. There's definitely hope for it. I mean, look at where uh, Linux is now. Exactly. Open source. There you go. It is big that it runs everything on the back end of our world. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It rules the world, tech, you know, in, in the back end. It just does. Maybe not on the desktop environments or the desktop market, but yes. Not, it, yet. It, not yet. Not yet. Not yet. But yeah. if, if they need to stop going fifty directions in that on that exactly. end. Exactly. Yeah. When it comes to the exactly. servers, everything's it's just a server. But with yeah. the, that's a whole another discussion for another day with the graphic environments and yeah, the good all good. the choices between Wayland mirrors and your desktop environments, your gnomes, your KDEs. You know, it says ah. And then you have problems with graphics drivers and Yeah, yeah. Linux still draws things on the screen. It's not GPU accelerated either. <laughs> <laughs> and uh somebody was asking in the chat, Minecraft is a paid only subscription. No, you can do it for free. You just don't get the yes. the perks of extra voices and access to the next gen whatever they're planning on doing with this thing. Yeah. I just I just one thing I, one thing I do want to note real quick. Um, is if they do win that X prize, that $5 million, I believe they, uh, I was reading an article that they said that they wanted to donate um, the proceeds to uh, open source projects. So I think that would be, that's pretty cool of them to do. Yeah, that is very, very, very nice. And also, and also take some money to kind of help your project a little bit more. But are they, I think they're the only ones out there trying to make an open source in a home automation, you know, AI solution. As far as that I know of, unless somebody else comes out of the woodwork out of nowhere and just blows Mycroft, you know, away out of the water. Well, if they don't use that pie, they they use their Adreno board or something else. They they got to figure out uh, more RAM, more more processing power for this. Yeah, they definitely need something a little bit more beefier. Yeah. And Macro, do you have anything to say about the the Mycroft? That sucks. Just a side note. Just a side note. I, I looked into the project a bit more. I mean, I looked at it back when it was a new thing, back when it was yeah. an early Kickstarter. I found out the creator of it actually lives about an hour from me in Lawrence, Kansas. Wow. <laughs> you got to go up yeah, there and tell them, you know what, you the Raspberry Pi idea, you need you need to do something else. This isn't working. Well, Unless they find a way to optimize it. Unless they find a way to optimize it. 
I'm not completely convinced that the Pi is the problem. I think it's really software optimization. It seems to me that they're trying to go through several third-party okay. APIs to do the processing when there's actually optimization that could be had at the hardware level to pull this off actually very well. Now, when you want to compare it to something like Alexa, Siri, mm -hmm. all of that, the device you're accessing those from is a thin client. It is not doing any native processing on board. Yeah, the Raspberry Pi maybe isn't quite up to that task. Text-to-speech is actually incredibly simple. We've been doing that on computers for almost three decades. Yeah. Dragon I see speaking, this almost anybody? entirely as a software optimization issue. But it, yeah. we haven't. neither of us have tried the desktop variant to say if that's any better. But if it, that's still slow and still shit, which I would assume it is, you could chalk it up to software optimization or yeah. lack thereof. Well, they, they they did admit they need they have more challenges to overcome, so maybe that's one of them that they need to overcome. Yeah, I don't think they'll have a... any kind of mainstream success. Yeah. You can't put it in the same league as as the other, the other guys. Yeah, yeah this, this is definitely somebody like you and I, the tinkerers. I spend a I spend a whole Saturday toying with this thing. Setup was easy, mm -hmm. making the SD card, getting everything the USB every microphone hooked up to the to the device, getting everything set up. Took me about ten minutes. Oh, okay. Trying to use the thing took me five hours. Yeah, because I'm sitting there adjusting config files, SSH into it, trying to trying to just make it work, and reading the forms and trying to get this to do something, and it wasn't doing anything. It's not ready for that type of use yet. I think there's a lot of potential with it because I think it, I see it almost kind of more like an own cloud. Thing where mm -hmm. it's more do-it-yourself. It could actually have it a lot more personalized, potentially. There, there is a lot of potential there. It's kind of funny you say that, because I actually do have own cloud running on a Raspberry Pi 2 to sync files from my phone. I've been probably, since I made that video, it's probably been well over a year. Yeah, now, now, the web interface is a little chunky and slow, but that's just the nature of the hardware I'm running it on, but I don't normally mm -hmm. use it that way. I just use it so I can have my stuff synced up to it and I can, you know, SSH into this thing and get my files off of it and move things around, send things to the phone without having to plug in a USB cable. You know what I mean? Yeah. And have to sync it that way. It, it, it's nice. I like it. I like it a lot. But obviously that project, I don't know. I just, it was kind of funny because I did HTOP under another user while using Mycroft. It wasn't using... um more than 50% of the CPU at the time, barely oh, touching wow. the RAM. So well, that's why I'm confused if it's really... Software, not hardware. Yeah, it's, the hardware was handling it, but the software had to think, watch the output on the terminal. Yeah. And most of the time, it. I'm not sure, maybe it's the servers on the other end, over here, on Mycroft's okay. end, to get the information. Maybe... It's just so delayed. It's like, ooh, ooh. Um, so yeah. Microsoft. I, see, for me, I would I would not have any use for this or Alexa or anything like that. I mean, it's cool I, I don't, I don't, I don't either. I was just experimenting because, of course, yeah. You know, I'm a YouTuber. I'm just I wanted to make a video about it. And there you go. About yeah. as far as I got is well, I figured well I'll talk about it in the podcast because that's all I can do. It's, there's about two minutes of footage of setting it up, and that was it. Yeah, it's just like 
why do I need someone to tell an, an art an AI to tell me what time it is or or when when's my appointment or something like that when I have a push button device right here I just push a button and it says oh there's a time there's the temperature and then I just open up my memos or create a, an alert on my phone and then there we go we're good to go I don't need a voice I don't need to make my technology more human you know that's kind of that's kind of I find it kind of funny that you're saying this right now really because with the with the services already built into our phones, right? Mm-hmm. We can get what Alexa and Google Home are doing already with our phones. Exactly. And we don't That's have to have a device plugged we into don't. our networks. Yeah. That has to sit in a room, has a you know, and does its thing, and you have to yell at it. Why can't our phones already do this? Exactly. And also, you've got to think about, is there going to be any security flaws, security, uh, security vulnerabilities with this? Because it connects to your network. Um, if you have an alarm system set up, it, it connects to your alarm system. So, I mean... And well, that's what people do with these things. They, they set it up and say, uh, Alexa, lock pod bay doors. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> or, you know, or turn on security camera backyard, you know? Yeah. So, I mean, I'm good with my laptops and my phones for that type of information that I need. I don't need uh, Alexa or Mycroft to do it for me. And, and if, you really, if, you really need, if you really need security, you need to leave, live, live in like a state like ours. Our security is a goddamn yeah. shotgun to your face. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> okay. Any, any more? Anybody want to have anything more to say about this device? Before we, I approach it from a practical perspective, or really the perspective they're trying to market it to. These okay. um, digital assistants. Hell, I used Google Now earlier, driving in my car, wanted to hear a song by Jethro Tull. I'm like, okay, Google Play, so and so song on Google Play Music, cues it up automatically. The things you can do hands free. Sure, I could have pulled out my phone, but then that kind of would have been illegal. I was driving. Exactly. But let's say the mother wants to hear weather news report all that crap while she's getting her kids ready her hands are full someone wants recipe directions these things can voice that out they could speak it out there's a lot mm-hmm. of potential uses you can sure you can pull your phone out probably get it done faster but i do see potential uses for this stuff uh, it's just where well, i don't think a lot of us are comfortable with integrating it into our life or find it necessary yet mm-hmm. not yet but it the the they could grow useful enough and integrated well enough into our lives that they could be, they could become very essential. And I see myself using digital assistants more every day, especially Google. Now it is pretty handy. So, so if you had the chance, would you really like it? If you just said, Hey, Hey Alexa, flush the toilet. Absolutely. Yeah, that would actually be that would be pretty damn cool. That would be pretty damn cool. You know, and then I didn't want to. Yeah, Alexa, wipe it, clean toilet. No, if it took two minutes to do that uh, for her for her to respond, then no, I I wouldn't be uh, too happy about it. But uh, be sitting there waiting. Come on now, hurry up. You're taking too long. You know, it's kind of funny because I got one of those uh, fancy toilets from Japan. Well, it's not really a Mm -hmm. toilet; it's a seat that goes on the toilet. Okay. Trust me. Oh, having my butt washed. Oh, yeah. It's one of those. And, and it, it's got heated seats and heated water. Oh, my butthole That's... has never been happier. 
don't think I'll ever have to use one of those. Need to get the, uh, gonna... get Alexa integrated in that. No, gee. Oh, I was it's... about to question your masculinity, but I'm actually really <laughs> curious about that now. Yeah. <laughs> hey, uh, I might uh, maybe later in the year I might get the upgraded model. I want oh, the one geez. that I want the one you can change between stream and pulse. Whatever you don't <laughs> do, don't hit the button button that says automatic tampon remover. Oh God. Huh. <laughs> yeah, that that would clog the toilet real nicely. That would be painful. Mm. Now they can reattach it. Yeah. Google Home, turn on the bathroom. What happened to you, sir? Oh, um, my toilet ripped it off. Yeah, got a hole here. Anyways, how we got on from home assistance to our toilets. It's the future, folks. It's the future. Now, there's been a little itch under my skin. And I need to get this little itch off of my skin. This one is the most requested video editor to me from my audience. The video editor is a 3D, I guess, creation tool. It's, it's called Blender. And I had this is this comes up as the most suggested. Why? I don't know. So I decided, well, I'm gonna give it a you know, give it a shot. Watch some video YouTube video tutorials, read through some tutorials, and you wanna talk about the most complicated way, most it makes Lightworks look easy way to edit your videos. Use Blender. And let's not even talk about how how slow and horrible the rendering of your final project is in this thing. Wow. Has any of you have you any of you tried to edit in Blender? Wow. Uh probably three years ago I tried it and I tried it for about a week and watching many YouTube videos and documents and how to's. I gave up on it because I didn't actually get any editing done. No videos, no vlogs, no content was produced with Blender. So I gave up on it and went to uh, Sony Vegas. And, and that, that's what I think is kind of funny about this, this suggestion all the time, is people suggesting yeah. it to me are people who have maybe like one video on their channel one video. or no content whatsoever on their channel. Yeah. It's kind of contradicting when the person giving me the suggestion doesn't does not create content themselves. And and it's not like you're getting something more with Blender. Like, it's not like you're going to like go and, and watch the video that they created with Blender and be like, wow, this looks so much better than Adobe Premiere or Sony Vegas. Like, I want this editing program. It's just an editing program. It's not going to... The, the hassle is, it outweighs the, the uh, ease of use or whatever you want to call it. To, to get, like, why you, would you want to use it? You need to get work done. For example, in Premiere... Going back to it, I felt like, I, or even when I was in Lightworks, using it mm. was like a step back. Now, I'm going to say Kadian Live is still the best free yes. open source video editor on Linux. But it's still slow. I mean, what I don't mean the program's slow. I don't mean what it does is slow. 
It's the editing workflow is slow. I can pop into Premiere and bust out like that Windows 10 video you saw. That was done in three hours, including filming, editing. Wow. Three hours. If I was doing that even on Lightworks, that would be an all-day project. Just uh, use an FFmpeg to re-encode the footage to get it into Lightworks to even start editing it in its weird way. And it's, 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 it's a workflow. And when you edit videos on a regular basis, not a video here, not a video for Facebook, not a video of your wedding, or maybe one video that you're going to throw up on your channel, and that's all you're going to do. When you do it on a regular basis, you need a a program that can flow. You need something that flows. And Linux is kind of holding back in that department. I see, though, Kadian Live... Forget OpenShot. Don't touch it. Yeah. Oh, God. Live, I could see getting to that point. But for me, right now, I've got to get work done. I don't have time to screw with this crap. Mm-hmm. That's, that's that's my thoughts on it. Yeah, I agree totally. One of the comments says, uh, Premiere C- it CS6. I, I used the Creative Cloud one. They recently upgraded to the, yeah. was it the 2017 version? Yeah, yeah I just upgraded updated to it and it's just nice to be able to open the program i don't even have to re-encode my 4k footage i don't have to run it through ffmpeg to start editing i just put it in there it's like best way to describe it you know when you drive a manual transmission vehicle for a long long time and then you go back to driving an automatic you know it's a little bit smoother you you have less to think about now, if I was just a person who just did videos here and there, and that's another thing, too. If you're a person who may have never used Sony Vegas, Final Cut, or Adobe, if you have never touched any of these products and started, say, editing on Kadian Live, because you've never seen or used anything better, I believe you're not going to, you know what I mean? You're off to a good start. Yeah, exactly. And the problem, like, is like you and I, we've edited using these high professional tools, yeah. And then going on the Cadian Live or Lightworks, it's a step down. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? It's like, yeah, it's agree. like, it's like you got to give something up. And <clears throat> I mean, I, I mean, you know, I'm definitely, I definitely check back in a few years. Have you ever tried video editing? I did it for about. Ooh, good, a year and a half doing it just straight on Linux using uh, Kadian Live and Lightworks. Yeah. It turned into the point, I'm, 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 I'm serious, it turned into the point where I'm like, oh, crap, I got to edit a video. You know, it was like, this is a chore. Yeah. And now it's yeah. like back on Premiere. Mm-hmm. I'm actually yeah, having, I'm actually having thing. fun editing again. I'm enjoying yeah. the process again. It's fun. Now, what was you? Well, go ahead. I'd like to speak as the resident noob as far as video editing software is concerned, having done it probably the least amount of any of us. Uh, It seems kind of like a GIMP to Photoshop comparison, but Blender never started out as a video editor. I have heard of YouTubers like Logan from Tech Syndicate. He gave Blender a try, 
and once you really dive deep into it it's actually as comparable uh almost to uh uh crap adobe after effects in terms of actual compositing effects putting into videos it's very different in the fact that it works on a time in a timeline that's very similar to that of working with adobe flash Mm -hmm. doing keyframe intervals it's a very different workflow to it but there's a lot of potential power there the thing is it's it does come down to a gimp versus photoshop the functionalities there is just a hell of a lot more complicated well that's kind of funny because even though i use adobe premiere i've never i've never dive into photoshop i've actually used gimp for since i don't know for many long time and because my video uh, not video my, my photo editing isn't really that complicated about all i use gimp for is like the graphics you see here on the podcast and the thumbnails on my videos. That's all I use it for. And so I can understand that. Maybe if I did uh, Photoshop, I'd be like, oh, okay, this GIMP is kind of weird. You know, yeah. yeah Options are in weird places cool. under 100 menus. I, I guess I could see that point of view. Yeah. Have you uh, tried paint.net? No, I haven't. I've heard of it, but it's just, you know what it is? You know what it is? It comes down to, I'm used to the tools that I'm used to because I use them and I understand them very, very well. It's like, it's like for when you try to switch someone to Linux and you give them LibreOffice after they've been using Microsoft Office for many, many years, LibreOffice is, is total, total crap to them. It sucks because not only one, I've even seen it when I switch people over. Well, why why is my document format all screwed up? I can't load my document. All the colors are screwed up. It's not loading the right fonts. My entire document's screwed up. And what I, oh, I don't know what to tell you. At least now with Office 365, it kind of helps. Mm-hmm. But when it comes to somebody who uses Office that much, LibreOffice looks like a, like it's out of the dang, dang 90s interface-wise. Look at Office now compared to LibreOffice as, again, falling behind, falling behind. Yep. Yep. Go ahead. I think LibreOffice was, I think LibreOffice and OpenOffice was really just more trying to be a love child to the old Office 2000 interface that even people like myself still like. Yeah. all these open source, very few open source programs. But here's the question: do, do 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 you use? I don't know. You might might not, but I guess going to ask: Do you use Microsoft Office in a work environment every day for like the last ten years in an office cubicle? Not for that long, but I have had to flip between things. I know where you're going with this. And did yeah, you switch them over to uh, LibreOffice, and they're looking at going. Um, excuse me, my documents don't work. <laughs> now, for me, I use I use LibreOffice because I've created all my documents in that format. I think it even used to go by the name My Free Office back in the day. It was mm-hmm. it was yeah. a long time ago? Some of you you might actually remember that it was called My Free Office, and it was a great little program because. I didn't have Microsoft Office at home. The schools had it, but I didn't at home. <coughs> but uh, that made me lose my thought doing that. Okay. 
is when you create your documents in LibreOffice, you can go to the other platforms and they look just fine. Now, when you go the other way around, everything gets a little wonky. I don't know how we got in LibreOffice from video editing, but there, there we go. But I, this, is, this is what I'm getting at. So, Jason, um, video editing on Linux, KDN Live, all that, what do you prefer? Uh, what do I prefer from Windows to Linux or prefer from what type on Linux should I use for video editing? Well, let's just let's, let's leave operating system out of this. Okay, yeah. Let's just okay, leave it prefer, the software. Okay, uh, Adobe Premiere. There you okay, go. I said it. And I agree, you, Adobe you Premiere, said, and then Final Cut. Ooh. Yes, the workflow with Adobe Premiere is it's so much easier, easier, so much uh, fluid. It's like going over from uh, I was using OpenShot, and then I went from OpenShot to Kaden Live, and I was stuck on Kaden Live for at least a year and a half, and it was I was miserable every day. Like you said. It was a chore. I was like, God, I got to get these videos edited. And you kind of put it off. You don't want to do it. And then finally you sit down and it's like, man, I should just like give up. I, I don't want to do it anymore. But then when you go over to Adobe Premiere Pro and it's just like, wow, this is fun. Look how fast this is going. Oh, this is snapping. Just like, okay, there's no overlays. Okay, everything's going. Transitions are awesome. And then the the playback and the preview is awesome. The encoding is great and fast. Like, it's you know, it's kind of funny. Than, way faster than Kate Alive. Oh, well, Premiere, I, you, you, you've met Mark before, and he edits using Sony. He, he is a Sony Vegas user. He can okay, make yeah, a vlog at 1080p, and his rendering time is extremely slow. We're talking like two or three hours. But then again, I don't know. You've, you've seen the setup. Wow. So with that, I'm going to throw it into almost the BTLC section and send it out to those members. Using. Um, maybe if we can get him in here, yeah, we can uh, kind of pick his brain about that. Because I do believe with uh, Sony Vegas, you can use uh, what is it, OpenGL? Right, yeah, OpenGL. It's kind of a yeah, kind of a little dated. Mm-hmm. I wonder if he's using his uh, graphics for the the processing and rendering. I'm not sure how Sony Vegas does it. I don't. I don't. It's I don't, an older version of Sony Vegas because Sony no longer maintains that. It's no longer Sony Vegas. If he's using an older version, he's mm-hmm. not going to have any kind of acceleration like that because okay. that was only added in recently. Okay. Yeah, I think. Yeah, I, I think. I think it was they. They sat behind uh, the wheels like everyone else, and mm-hmm. I'm kind of hoping Lightworks gets it because yeah, even though its, it's workflow is weird, it still was fun and it kept me editing on linux i like it i just like it it would be adobe premiere first lightworks second if i had to live in a linux world definitely lightworks would do it for me unless like i said kdn live kind of looks like to me kind of like the sony vegas knockoff version of that and lightworks is kind of like the premiere knockoff if that makes sense yeah, yeah, yeah. I got a question for you, Anthrite. Hmm. If you had one 15-inch monitor and you had to use Lightworks or Adobe Premiere, what would you use? Ooh. What resolution is a 15-inch monitor? Yeah, what resolution is that? Well, let's say like thir- well, let's say like 1366 resolution by 768, something like that. Ooh. 
I would have to go for Premiere because I know I can resize certain things to make it fit if I had to. <laughs> I knew what you were going to say. Because I'm just I thinking about that. Say. I'm like, yeah, Lightworks has a lot, requires a lot of room. And you sometimes it, the window can be stretched onto two monitors yep. and you can move things around. And that's the only thing yeah, I kind of liked about Lightworks is everything was its own module because when you're in the program, it looks like a desktop environment. And then all your effects, all your tools are separate windows, so you can move them around anywhere. It was kind of a neat concept, whereas Adobe Premiere, everything's attached. Yeah. But, but you can, can actually, uh, you can undock. I was just about to say, I, I yeah. do do that from time to time. I undock stuff and edit yeah. that way. And it makes for a fun experience. See, now, if that's what kept me back from Lightworks on Linux. I didn't have like three or dual monitors set up. I had one monitor and I tried using Lightworks on uh, my, one of my smaller uh, monitors. It was an HP monitor. And yeah, it was, it was uh, horrendous. It was chaos. Like I, I couldn't edit it. I couldn't do it. It was, there were screens like half my whole monitor was taken up. And then one of the boxes for one of the tools was half of the monitor. Half of the screen was taken up just for one of the tools. And I'm <laughs> yeah. like, how does he do this? What the? And then I watch one of your videos, and I'm just like, let me see how he does this. I was like, oh, okay, three monitors, and that makes sense. <laughs> That's what my problem was. No, I can completely understand. It's kind of funny, because yeah. uh, when I was in Japan, you know how I did those little teaser videos I threw up on Facebook? Yeah, yeah. Those were all done in uh, Kadian Live. Because, really? and that's where Kadian Live comes in handy. It's really good for that small, small stuff, clips. small little putting a few clips from your phone together, throwing it up on Facebook, you know, on a vacation on your laptop. Perfect. It worked great for that. You know, it didn't have to load up a big chunky editor because even Premiere, it takes a nice yeah. little time. You got to load it up, get your project yeah. settings, and you know, get into it, and then you're ready to go. Kadian Live, you open it up, throw a few clips on the timeline. Perfect for short, easy Facebook videos. Of course, yeah. Now, we haven't asked Mr. Macro here. He's not a big video editor. But if you're in this kind of situation or have a preference, what do you choose to edit with? Uh, I don't know. But, uh, but while you were saying this, while you were answering this little question about the 15-inch display, I was thinking back to uh, your older, maybe not Japan vlogs, but your last vacation vlogs, where you were editing on that little Raspberry Pi computer. <laughs> you you pulled that off somehow. But you know those little clips that I was uploading? They took me almost two hours to do in the hotel room. Oh god. And and sometimes and sometimes the Pi when rendering the video would completely lock up and crash. And of course I had to unplug it, plug it back in, yep. do it again. Sometimes it took two or three attempts to get it to work. It's one of those things. Yes, you can do it. It's possible. But is it a fun, enjoyable experience to get to the end result? That's It's just like anything you do on Linux, especially when it comes to production, it's possible. You can do it. Mm-hmm. It's the path you take to do it. Is It's like driving on pavement versus taking the dirt road with washboards in it. <laughs> I got a question real quick. Whatever happened to iMovie? Is that still out? It's still a thing. Yeah. yeah. Uh, have you used it recently or I haven't eh, I I used it on the iPhone. It's it's okay. Okay. It, it's basic. It it does get the job done. I've seen people do some impressive stuff with it, but most of them have moved up to Premiere or uh Final Cut Pro. Yeah, yeah. But eh, it's pretty platform locked. It it's not worth being in the platform jail. 
Yeah, Tim and Sarah here in the chat says he uh, uses um, the iPhone for editing. Is oh, Pinnacle is yeah, oh. is it Pinnacle? I've never yeah, used Pinnacle, any of their. I've never that. used Pinnacle any of their products Pro. before. I've never even Pinnacle thought of trying Pro. something like that. Now that's a challenge. That is a challenge. Editing on it. Now you're talking Linux. Editing on a phone. It must be. It would have to be really simple stuff like. Add clip, put transition, yeah. title. I mean, it, you're talking very limited, but if you could pull it off, and if that's all you have, there you go. Roll with it. I did not know Pinnacle Pro was for the uh, – you could have it for the iPhone. That's pretty interesting. Is that what he said here? Uh, he doesn't say yeah, which iPhone, but he just says iPhone video editing. I use Pinnacle Pro for – for Ant. well, wait a minute. He goes iPhone, and then he says – uh, oh, for Android, Android he used power. He used oh, power yeah, okay, I see. For Pinnacle for iPhone, iPhone. and then uh, Power Director for his Android device. Huh. Never heard of Power Director. Neither have I. Of course, oh, then again, I've never even thought of doing something like that. Yeah, neither have I. I mean, you're talking video editing on your phone. Yeah, there well, you go. Edit while you're in bed. That's what I did. With, it was at least with iMovie, and I did dabble in uh, Adobe Clip. It's actually a pretty nice mm. little... Adobe Premiere Clip. It's actually a mobile video editor. It's it is pretty simple. Drag and drop transitions. Okay. It's doable. Gonna have to do a uh, uh, review on that on the app. Use that uh, new YouTube gaming app and do a review on it. That's actually kind of cool. Only problem is, is I wish they had a mode for like webcam mode instead That's of because exactly basically basically what it is, it's just a screen recorder that sends it live so if you want to show your video you have to open the phone app and then of course you got all the controls there yep you gotta edit that out they need just like a mode where it's just camera only and then it hides all the the ui stuff you know anthony it took me about an hour to figure that out when he told me about it i was like how how does he use just a webcam in in his uh in his live on uh, youtube gaming with the app and i was trying to figure it out and then you told me i was like oh that's how you do it. Yeah, because I, 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 I've done, I've done tests with it. I think I, I was walking around playing Pokemon Go one time. Oh, okay. But it's a great tool. You could use it to do app reviews. App reviews. I know. I used to do those all the time. I like doing those actually. So I'm definitely going to do that. Use a YouTube gaming app. There you go. So. Anyways, back to macro. You never really did tell us what program you'd prefer to edit on. Yeah. I was going to get back around to that. Okay. All right. <laughs> Before I had to reinstall my OS, I did have uh, CyberLink PowerDirector on here. They had a free version of, I guess, version 13 of their editor, and I was seeing people do some pretty impressive stuff with it. I did have a project open, but I did. I think I did lose that file. That's probably what I'm going to use if I do get back into editing anytime soon, if I can find the time for it. There was another program, and you you told me about it. Is it that um? It's by that it's by that Black Magic. Someone suggested DaVinci Resolve. Yeah, somebody actually suggested that one in my comments. But guess what? The Linux version is a thousand dollars. Holy smokes! So thanks for the suggestion, but. <laughs> Unless you want to give me, you know, buy this for me, I'm not paying a thousand dollars out of my pocket right away to use their Linux version. I guess the Windows and the Mac version are free, but the yeah. Linux version they charge for. 
<laughs> that's yeah, and if real you're nice. going to ask you to use that on Windows, why not just use Premiere? Exactly. DaVinci mean, sure Resolve does does do some pretty interesting chroma key additions. It's a lot of professional stuff that we'd probably never get around to touching for the next decade. But yeah, stick to what's good. Yeah, it's easy. Okay, well. Let's see my notes here and see what I got kind of laying in the the pot there because I think I feel pretty good about that. I got I got it off my chest. I'm sorry. No. Hey. No to Blender. Thanks for the suggestion, but no. <laughs> I, I still think that it's more of a GIMP is the poor man's Photoshop. Blender yeah. at this moment doesn't know what it wants to be, but it's basically the poor man's... Adobe After Effects and 3D Studio Max. Yep. Okay. I've got uh, anything else you guys want to talk about now that we're just kind of in the random section? Can throw some ideas out there. What about all these Linux vulnerabilities that happened in 2016? What about the oh, Ubuntu OS, you know, uh, putting things up on the shelf, putting it in the closet? Anything? Got any ideas? Anything you guys you want to, oh, you want oh, to oh, rant about? Well, read the YouTube comments for you. <clears throat> okay, so the Linux vulnerabilities, uh, 2016. There was the, uh, what was it, the cow? The, the dirty cow. Copy on right. Yeah, copy on right vulnerability. What was that? Well, that was out since 2007, I think it was. Oh, yeah, it was, it was really old. It's been hiding in the back. Yeah, I mean... Well, what I think is funny about this is when I first started using Linux, I always got into that hype. Linux doesn't have viruses, but Linux yeah. has something worse than viruses. It has vulnerability hell, especially last oh, yeah. year and in, in the previous years. These vulnerabilities keep coming out, and they're not just little teeny ones. We're yeah. talking things that can take root access and take over and own your machine. Yeah. Big stuff. And, and it's kind of made me think. It's like, okay, sure. It may not get a virus, but it may have some bad code. It's just kind of it's kind of something that's you know food for thought. I know, I know a lot of people. That's one of their biggest things about Linux is, you know, the next time a person comes to me and says, "Hey, I use Linux. I don't get viruses." I'll just look at them and say, "Yeah, but you got the vulnerabilities, all right. You know, <laughs> your your world's not perfect like the other one. Stuff crashes in Linux just as much as they do in Windows. Trust me, I lived in the OS." Purely Linux for two and a half years. Things are not smooth as Windows. And I'm telling you the truth. It's not as smooth as Windows. Yeah. I'm sorry. I just had to get that out there. This is taking me back about a decade ago when I was trying to convert my parents from Internet Explorer over to Firefox. And my dad would have every argument in the book like, well, yeah, it's more secure because no one's using it. And there actually is that bless his soul. He's not much of a tech person, but there actually is some merit to that, that as something grows in popularity, user base, it becomes a bigger target. Well, especially, so especially be an indicator. Well, especially, especially it might not be. Everyone's using in the desktop market, but they're, it's getting used in the servers. Now you've got a target. Not only you got a, it's more than just a small target. Screw, screw, screw getting on somebody's phone. Screw hacking their computers. Let's get these cloud services running Linux. That's a target. That's a big target. 
That's something you want to get your hands on. All the juicy stuff. Yeah. And, and like someone here in the chat, Mr. Morris here, Linux updates break things. No, well, yeah, so does Windows. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. Both Windows I don't I don't think there. I don't I think the only one I don't hear people complaining about updates breaking things are the Mac users. Mm-hmm. I don't hear much not I don't know. I'm not a Mac user. But right now all the Mac users are complaining because they can't plug in their USB devices anymore. <laughs> they can't they can't play their retro CDs in there anymore. <laughs> they can't even plug in their headphones. <laughs> Shots fired. Yeah, he did. He did. Triggered. I don't know. I'm not. I'm not an Apple user. I've never been in that system, so I don't know. I don't know what it's like. Although I heard it's their video editor. Bad. I've heard their video editor is the best on the market, though. Uh, what is it? Final Cut. Back on the video. Yeah, editor. the Apple Gel's not bad. You just. It's just ignorance is bliss. And then, and then on top of it, computer hard hardware wise, you're paying more for your more for your money. You could take the money you spent on a Mac, and get something hardware wise, a hell of a lot better. Oh hell yeah, absolutely. And people will pay for you know four hundred bucks for a Mac Mini mm-hmm. with a dual core in it. A dual core. Make no mistake, you're buying a really nice piece of aluminum. It is actually really nice feeling hardware, but their markup is unfreaking believable. They didn't get to be a trillion dollar company worth mm-hmm. more than most oil conglomerates by charging a, a, a fair little profit yeah. margin. Yeah. They sell you cheap crap. Yeah. In a really yeah. nice aluminum case. Really shiny. You might as well go for Mr. Lenovo and get your viruses oh, yeah. in your board. Oh, please don't. <laughs> no. <clears throat> of course, the last laptop I bought was this Acer from 2010. It's kind of funny. I still u- use it. it. Right now, it's next OS. Arch is coming off of this thing. I am sick of I, As much as I loved Arch and using it, it I'm getting sick of its update structure so i want to try something else i'm thinking of putting solace on this one it's another rolling release type distro but at least i think they test their stuff before they go and push their stuff well i kind of i'm kind of i'm kind of fed up with arch right now i'm ready i'm ready for a new flavor altogether desktop environment everything i just need to i need to move on (sighs) so and that i guess kind of since it's still the random area and everything what Linux distros are you running, Jason, at the moment in your spare machines? Uh, well, if we include the ones down here, I got uh, Mint, uh, Linux Mint, um, Mate Desktop. I got uh, Arch set up on one of my uh, hard drives, which I haven't booted up since I've been down here, so i got to definitely do that, uh, do some installation and stuff like that. Um, now, if we're talking about virtual machines and machines that I have elsewhere, I got uh, Gentoo, I got Ubuntu, I got Ubuntu Server and Ubuntu Desktop. I got Fedora. Wow, you've you got things going everywhere. And I got uh, two CentOS and I have one, okay, I got one Kali machine, uh, which it's uh, up in Maine right now, so I don't have it on me, but uh, yeah. 
I like to I like to explore and, and mess with virtual machines and stuff and you know break some stuff. Yeah. Oh, and and I do have a Windows 10, so don't be hating. I got a Windows 10 out there. Yeah. Windows 10 would be a reason to be hating. <laughs> exactly. Well, okay. Triggered. Okay, wait, so, wait one second, Anthony. What do you run with Adobe Premiere? Yeah. You have to have Windows 10. Or a Mac. <laughs> but I'm not going to pay for one of those. So, so <laughs> you want to spend $2,400 on a Mac laptop or, you know, get an Asus for Windows 10 and use Adobe with that? Yeah. And so, yeah. And for me, Arch on that one. Arch is running on all my little small Pi servers in the server rack. CentOS yeah. on one of them. All right. I'm a Mac OS guy back here. That's Windows 98. That old Dell over there. Windows 98. Oh, man. Yeah. I'd love to mess around with that. And then two Ubuntu Mate machines. One's for my wife and one's the TV in the living room. Yeah. You, Mr. Macro. Man, I feel like I've been slacking. I used to run a little Acer Aspire netbook with four operating systems on it, and now oh, I wow. run like maybe two or three operating systems at most. <laughs> like I got a, a Chromebox behind me. I got Ubuntu Mate on my laptop here, Windows 10 on my main rig, yeah. Ubuntu Mate on my uh, Xena workstation back there too. But it, it's I just really like Debian-based distros. I just They've okay. always treated me well. Yeah. I think it's Not because really they're they're, too much. they're a little bit more, I guess you would say, supported by software. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's it's yeah. it it's the one that when developers go to release their their app, that's that's the one they usually go to first. I mean, they say Arch Arch will get it first, kind of the testing thing, but for the most part, when they actually support it, like Lightworks, believe it or not. Here I paid with a monthly service fee, and I went to go get support on their website when I was having issues. And when I told them I was running Arch, they didn't—they didn't help me. They said, "Sorry, wow. we cannot help you. We only support Ubuntu." Oh, wait a minute! Wait a minute! Your site says what? your site says you support Linux. Okay, okay they say they you know support Linux. There's many distros of Linux, <laughs> but in the Not core, in the core end of it, it's all Linux. Exactly. So they so basically on their website they should say, "We support Ubuntu. Other yeah. distros, you're on your own. Sorry." Exactly. Instead of selling it that way, yeah, yeah. And trust me, I've dealt with Lightworks customer support, and they have pissed me off. One of the things they recently did, I got the new computer. Now, they just charged me. Okay, they just charged me for the next month. So the next day after they charged me, I put up the new rig. And, of course, now my license is no good. It won't activate the software anymore. Oh, man. <laughs> so I contact them and I said, hey, can you, uh, since, it, since I just paid, can you refund me that money? And then I'll start a new, new license. Oh, we're sorry. We can't do that. You just can go ahead and create the new license. Well, this other one keeps charging you. So since it was through PayPal, I decided, oh, I'm going to go through PayPal and do the protection on it, you know? Yeah. I dragged that out for about a month and a half. I lost. But I dragged it out. On, I made it hell for them for that month and a half for them to win it. But after that, it was just like, your customer service. And, you know, just, just out of doing the nice thing for the person, saying, hey, my old computer died. I bought a new one. 
You just charged me for a new month. Why are you making me continue, you know what I mean, continue to pay for a system that doesn't exist anymore? So, so, so I actually had to take him and actually block the subscription inside of PayPal, and that eventually stopped yeah, everything. It. Yeah, yeah, because they were they were just going to go keep going, even though the computer. I clearly told him in a message, the computer doesn't exist. Just activate the new one. Don't make me go through and oh, and at least and surprisingly, uh, PayPal is really good at getting on to blocking. No, no, the, I was uh, I was actually I was actually surprised that I didn't win. But I didn't win on the PayPal side. I even went as far as going to the bank. <laughs> That's what I mean. I kept making it hell for them. <laughs> you know what I mean? And so yeah, as again, I still I still lost in the end, but it was fun dragging it out like that. Yeah, okay. <laughs> Dare I ask if you're still the package maintainer for that on Arch? I am, but nobody's offered to take me up on it yet. Which it hasn't it hasn't updated to the newest release yet, and so as soon as people start bitching and they uh, hit me up for orphaned package, I'm going to give it up to the first person that wants it. Nice. I mean, I I'm Freedom. not gonna, Yeah. One less thing I have to deal with is trying to patch that thing. Ugh. Hmm. And I still get messages because right now I guess a recent Arch update has broken it, and people are saying, "Hey, you need to patch it." I even had one guy send me the package build. <laughs> But the problem is, the computer that died has all the all the SSH keys on it, and they're gone. Oh shit! Because in order to upload to the AUR, you have to have all your keys. Mm-hmm. But since I bought a new computer, it's one of those small things I didn't back up and didn't care. So the the, the keys are gone. So I can't even maintain. The only thing I can do is log into the site and give it up now. Yeah. <laughs> Which is what I'm gonna do. Let somebody else deal with that monster. I'm done with it. I'm done. So if anybody out there wants to maintain uh, Lightworks for Arch Linux, hit me up. You can have it. I'm done. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, wow. That's got to be a pretty niche thing, like people who specifically use Lightworks, Lightworks on, Arch, on Linux. Arch Linux. Well, it's kind of funny. That's how I ended up with it is the person who was previously maintaining it stopped maintaining it and they had two new releases up and I wanted to update and I I was able I know how to change the package you know the package build so I was manually changing it but I wanted it on there so I could you know help other people and I had to go through the process of saying hey this package is orphan and finally the guy just said here it's yours take it I'm done <laughs> kind of like where I'm at now it's yours have had it <laughs> And I was probably that only one user who really needed that update. <laughs> I couldn't see any of the other users. I don't know. If they have YouTube channels, it's, I don't know. I, as far as I know, I was the only one doing it. <sighs> Damn. Yeah. You really Damn. brought yourself into that one. <laughs> Dug Damn. that hole. Now I can't get out. I'm trying to climb out, guys. Help me get out of this hole. <laughs> Because it's deep. Maybe someone in the chat. Hmm. Highly unlikely. Highly unlikely. Let's see. So we're getting ready to wrap up. We're about to hit the one hour mark. So while I get this set up, I'm going to go over here. Maybe uh, change this song and uh, go into the closing segment. 
Yeah. That was a little different, but I usually go with this one. Okay. Here it is. It is anthrit.com. So it looks like XFCE has been holding first place. So I guess I, I'm going to give it a try. It's not one of the ones I really lost. thought would win. I was kind of shooting for Budgie because I want to give Solus a try. But XFCE, it is. So on my vlog videos, I'm going to give this a try. And I'll be documenting it for the vlog. And for, you know what, let's do it a week. Originally I said a month. That's a little bit too long for all these. Let's do it a week. I'll try that out for a week. Get feedback in the vlog. And then when the vlog uploads with all, let's see, all five of these in it. We'll see which one I decide to choose. The one I want the most is Budgie. The one suggested by you guys is XFCE. And what I'm looking for in a desktop environment is customizability. Um, small interface, nothing big and bulky. I don't need docks. I just need a basic little bar with the clock on it, a notification area, and access to programs. But the biggest one is I want to be able to customize it again. Change the colors. Not 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 get a theme that's already got everything preset. I want to be able to click on something, change the title bar to blue or pink. Or change the color of something. Something that Mate used to do that doesn't do it now. So we'll give the XFCE a try. And give it the chance. I voted for KDE Plasma. Hey. Someone out there is trying that's to. That's really customizable. That's a five. That's it's a it's that's well the open box being the lowest. Yeah. We'll I mean, if it. you're actually looking for customizability, XFCE, it's nice, it's light, but for customizability, mm. it lags behind to me. I mean, it's not like what they did to Mate, where they had a lot of customization and then all everything became locked down and. Yeah. And now it's just it's just, they say oh you can customize it by the theme, but you can't change every little color and you know what I mean from a GUI you can go into the uh, yeah. XML files and change the colors that way mm-hmm. but you're talking yeah. about three or four hours to yeah. change your desktop yeah. from spring green to summer blue because I do that I do change my colors from seasons the f- the fall and winters I'm a purple in the springtime everything's kind of greenish you know and then the summer everything's blue damn hippie yeah, I know. I, I like I like I like to change things. I'm weird like that. At least you're not pulling off a desktop Christmas like Quick Sub Quick Sub did all 25. Oh, oh God, God no, God no. At I least you watch them all the time. <laughs> I, I have my opinions on that guy. Cool. <laughs> oh, I'm not gonna get into it because it's YouTube. Got to respect the other creators. Anyways, you can hit us up. At thegeekingoutpodcast.com. Click the RSS feed. Go ahead, subscribe to that. And for all you Apple users out there, hit us up on that iTunes. Subscribe to it. Hit it up there. Like it. Rate it. All that fun stuff. Yeah. So thanks for joining us on this crazy adventure of, I don't know where it went, but I think I had a lot of fun getting getting where I'm going. Don't know what next week's going to be about, but that's what's kind of fun because now that I'm doing this weekly, I just kind of, I've been just 
dumping ideas into a Google Doc, and I now I'm just going to randomly pick from those ideas or whatever people say in the comments, like the Blender people that get me all fired up. <laughs> so before we close out, Jason, go ahead. Shout yourself out. Tell people where to find you, where to follow you, all that good stuff. All right, guys. Uh, first off, I just want to thank everyone for watching and commenting on the live show. Uh, you can find me at geekbraindump.net and on YouTube at youtube.com slash thediabeticgeek. All righty. And, of course, Macro, you want to shout yourself out? We all know where to find you, I think. Twitter.com slash macrophiliac, YouTube.com slash macrophiliac. Also on Steam and just about everywhere else on the internet. I don't do much, but I'm around. He's lurking. Thanks for joining us, folks. In the graveyard. Yes. This has been Anthony from Antware, folks. And from this time and every time on, keep on clicking. This is Anthony from Antware. Signing off. Oh, oh, but fuck, but fuck, but fuck.